0: Okay. Um, we will begin.
1: <laughs>
0: we shall begin. Maybe it's the weather, maybe it's other temptations. <laughs> but uh, That's for temptation. uh for the
1: temptation. Huh? Or the temptation of temptation. Our temptation it's of temptations away.
0: itself. But we have our little bit mid and hopefully uh, more will join. So um, we are trying to make sense to understand the meaning of this primordial violence, of this first um, violent scene that we have encountered in the Talmudic texts, of the alternative between Torah and death. And it seems as if this primordial violence is co-substantial to the receiving of the Torah. That here we are facing, um, we are in a situation where it is about something different than just being in, being in front of two alternatives. The situation of The Israelites under the mountain is not just a kind of neutral situation in which one chooses whether to accept the Torah or not to accept accept the Torah. There is something else happening here, there are different stakes, and Levinas wants to make sense of of this special situation of receiving the Torah. And last week we have, through the interpretation of the book of Esther, we already suggested that maybe it's not about an alternative here, maybe it's not about um, a choice, Torah or death, but about two ways of being. The way of Haman and Achashverosh, being as violent, being as This, that's the way it is, uh, the acceptance of the tragic uh, essence of being, the tragic essence of being for living us, and another way of being which would consist in saying no, in refusing, refusing this, that's the way it is way of being. So it's not anymore about facing two alternatives, but about two distinct way of being and that's the last part of what we've seen last week again following uh, the Talmudic text Levinas sees how the how from a particular story the story of Haman Achashverosh etc. Et uh, from Mount Sinai as the Jewish revelation the Talmudic text expands the scope of the events to to the universe itself. God suspended the uh, creation. Creation was conditional until the Israelites accepted accepted the Torah. And again, Levina says, God did not create the world without concerning himself with the meaning of creation. And this is, again, a different way of saying that we are speaking here of two ways of being. The natural way of being and a way which challenges this natural way of being. Darwin or Bereshit. Darwin or Bereshit. That's eventually what's what, what what, what the state of this of this uh, alternative. I know that uh, ye, I think I, I don't know if it's still going on this debate about, uh, about teaching uh, Darwin or the Bible in schools. It, oh, was, it, yeah, was, yeah. Very, it was very uh, a, a very <laughs> intensive debate, no? He, Here in America, the States, yes, yes. yes. But it's finished. They, they no, no, it's never going to ah, no? be finished. So they it teach both?
1: Well, it depends on what part
0: of the country. Uh, is huh? They don't teach anything. So. They don't teach anything. What, what, what do it, it
1: depends on what part of the country. Each school mm. district makes its own Can decision. Decide? It depends if it's in the south. It depends uh-huh. if it's in some places very Christian uh-huh. fundamentalist. Uh-huh.
0: But there is no program of the, I don't know, education, uh, of the office, office of Education, Ministry of Education. There is no oh. such a thing here. It's
1: not like in France or in. Okay. Israel, There's right? no like. A There's no central curriculum. No. Um,
0: but this was a very, very uh, intensive debate, and it still is going it on. Is. It's it's important. It's it's, go- it's good. I, feel, I, I think it's good. good. You do? Yes. It <laughs> about it? No, I mean it's 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 something it's something very essential. It means that there is a true debate about you know whether one should study. Darwin watched the the creation of the world. It's better than debating Israel. (laughs) There is no question, but I know that. Don't you find this a good debate?
1: No. No. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> it's not a real debate. Why? It was because it's so politicized uh-huh. and it has so much to do with the power of these evangelical uh, churches and mm. leaders okay. and the Catholic church. It's, it's not like if you, mm-hmm. if you and we mm-hmm. are debating this mm-hmm. where... Okay, because it's it's fundamentalist. It's fundamental. Okay. It's fundamentalist yeah? and okay. it's about mm-hmm. shutting the other side okay. up. It's like so about... It's, it's not, do you agree? Yeah. It's not a real debate.
2: Yeah, I agree in Spanish but you know I think in Israel or in Jewish school in America sort I learned we all learn both right and you uh, know right. public school wouldn't like I said he wasn't learn either and mm-hmm. yeah so Thing yeah,
0: it's always a question of what uh, how, we, uh, how it is presented but the, what I wanted to say is that the, the debate in itself is a good debate maybe it's carried on in a bad way here because it's about evangelists and things like this but, uh, but that's the debate we are right. speaking about whether one should learn th- whether Darwin is the alpha and omega of reality meaning the survival of the fittest the, the the being is violence that's call it's being is violence and another way of envisaging being which would be saying no to this uh, natural uh, way of um, understanding the world or understanding the world as only a natural a natural thing and of course it's political because politics is about power and the question is whether one can say no to power. And again, I, I, I remind you of the story of Achashverosh and Haman. This is, this, this is our reference story because the Talmud gives it as we saw last week as a, as a reference. Uh, we have the power of the king and the, this kind of fragile existence of Israel, this kind of uh, um, weak weak uh, Esther, weak Mordechai and, and the tragedy of, the, of Purim the, against a possible um, saying no to the drunkness of Aman and Nachashverosh so that's, that's, the, that's the, the scope of our interrogation and again, if it is even broader because of the um, passage about the creation of the world God suspended the creation until the Vav of Sivan, until uh, the Israelites accepted the, uh, the Torah. Yes? Uh,
2: I think I'm hearing everything that you're saying, but the question that uh, uh, comes up for me is that even in the Talmud here, they describe an evolution of thinking, so that uh, they accepted at the time of Ahasuerus, which means that they were different, didn't accept previous to that when they were given the Torah, and even previous to that, before they had the Torah, they were different. Mm-hmm. So there's a history changing beings within the text, mm-hmm. even though within different texts we say that the world was created so that Torah can be created, so that there
0: is no history of being. Let's not, let, let's not mix up different texts. But in, in the text we are studying, it's not, it's not completely correct. The, the text is not saying that the Israelites did not... Um, accept the Torah until pouring. There was there was the objection of the, the 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 question, the objection of uh, who was it uh, of rabba page 38. That, that is a great warning concerning the Torah. Rabbi said, well, if they accepted it under constraint, then they are not really obliged to, to it. That was the question, not whether they accepted They accepted it, but they accepted it because the, the alternative was death. They didn't accept it wholeheartedly. Okay, so, so the, chrono- the chronology would be uh, acceptance of the Torah, phase one at Sinai, Kind of mm, uh, imposed acceptance, let's say, phase one, and then ten generations later with uh, uh, um, a whole hearted acceptation of the Torah. Okay? So it's so the so. Maybe it's an evolution, you can speak about, but it's not an evolution in the sense that they didn't accept and then they accepted it. It's an evolution in the sense that first they accepted it under constraints and then they accepted it wholeheartedly.
1: You. Yeah.
0: We are just, we are just re, uh, uh, doing a little uh, reco- review. Um, review. review of what okay. we did last week. And then, we, and then we arrived, and this is where we we'll start today, to, and uh, I want, because as you know, we want to study more than one Talmudic lecture, so I want today, I'm not sure I will be able to, but at least I'll try to begin and finish the Talmudic lecture. Probably we'll have to spend one more session on this lecture, at least half a session. Then we'll, we'll go to, to the other one, so I want to, 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 to uh, address now the, the question itself the tidbit the, the, the of Levinas it's on page 41 we ended with this and I said, told you today today we'll have to cash the, the check we'll have to say something substantial about the violence of Sinai um, Levinas says just the last um, lines of page 30, 41 not uh, actually the, la- the last lines of the paragraph before the last one. This way consists, such is the thesis we're upholding. Do you follow me? Are you with me?
1: No.
0: no. Page 41. Um, bef- uh, okay, so, so four, four lines be- before this, the end. You count four lines before the end of the, of the page, okay? Yeah. Uh, this way consists. Do you have it? Okay, yeah. Okay. This way consists, such, such is the thesis we, were, we are opposing in overcoming the temptation by, of evil by avoiding the temptation of temptation. Okay, or re- reformulated, the way Israel receives the Torah consists in overcoming the temptation of evil by avoiding the temptation of temptation. Should I say it again? Yes. Okay. Yes. The way Israel receives the Torah, that's what we are studying now, consists in overcoming the temptation of temptation, or better, it's not exactly what you mean, it consists, excuse me, just add one more sequence in the phrase, consists in overcoming the temptation of evil by avoiding the temptation of temptation. Okay, the way Israel received the Torah consists in evil? overcoming temptation. the temptation of evil by avoiding the temptation of temptation. That's what we have to understand today. Okay, that, that will be the object of our study today. And I'll give you immediately the answer. Levina's answer, the Talmud's answer. And you know the answer all too well, we just have to study it and to understand how this answers what we just have asked. How does one overcome the temptation of evil by overcoming the temptation of temptation? Answer by saying, Nasevenishma. Answer by saying, We shall do and then we shall hear. This is what we have to understand, both the question and that. This is, for Levinas, what the Talmud is trying to explain in in its very cryptical language, in its very uh, imaginary or imageful language. So, page 42, let's read the say the introductory passage to our team. And of course, the, I, I'll make my, my little introduction. We all, in, in a way or another, one point in our lives, have asked ourselves
1: what. You don't have the 42? That's not good, that's not good, so
0: I gave it to you, okay, so um, I need a favor from someone, I will give you the, um. okay, so that's 43, 44, So you can, you can, uh, thank you. So you
1: don't say anything wrong, about huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll sing some. <laughs> um, uh,
0: just do, uh, one. Okay. One, do eight, eight, eight two, copies. Eight. Yeah. Um, so let's just. I won't, I won't continue, but I just want to, to um, pause a moment and just to bring you to this uh, point where we ask the question of what is the meaning of Nasser and Ishmael. That's something that I imagine we all have asked ourselves once, or twice, or eventually more times in our lifetimes, this strange inversion, inversion of the order, of the logical order of things. What does it mean? To hear and then to uh, and then to um, accept and then to um, we shall hear and then we shall do to hear and then to to do to realize to. Yeah. means, asot no in Hebrew is to do. Right. Lishma means to to hear. Okay, so first we... We'll, I, I oh, nice. sorry, I said it in the way, yes, right, sorry. Right. I'm so much tem- tempted by temptation. <laughs> sorry, my mistake. <laughs> You're right. Uh-huh. We shall do, and then we shall hear. Now, seven Ishma. Okay. Um, now, the... the uh, normally, normally... What's that? Ah, she's doing it, thanks. Normally, in the normal order of things, we first we hear and then we do. And the idea of doing before hearing, a lot of times reminds us of either a childlike attitude, or a naive attitude, or even worse, uh, a, ty- uh, a, a, a tyrannic attitude. You know, um, what's, uh, ty- uh, from from the word tyranny, tyrannical, tyrannical attitude. Meaning, I, I have to, I have to do, and then I can ask questions. I'm afraid from the tyrant, from the the, the, the king. From so so, either it is understood as something very child-like,
1: or
0: it's, trusting. Or it's trust. The, tr- the, the The trust alternative is the one that Levinas will try to uh, explicitate more to understand more. but um, bef- before this he wants to show us, and this is uh, the, uh, the subject of the, uh, of, the, of the Talmudic lecture that the Talmud is very aware of the fact that Naseh and can be wrongly interpreted, as a childlike attitude. Okay, and this is what we, uh, we, we will study. Yes?
1: So, um, I always thought non is so similar to the concept of a lowish, polish one. I mean, saying it wrong. But, like, doing, like doing it brings to believing it, like, right? um, that concept. So, I know that
0: as a. It's, it's not the same principle. Just technically, it's not just the same principle.
1: Thank, you, Thank you very much.
0: Oh, oh you, you did it yeah. on the two, 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 two sides. Yes. Great. Thank so, you, you very wanted much.
1: to excuse yourself? Mitoshche lo
0: balishma balishma. You all know what it is? Uh, Why is it that you do it not. and then you're
1: bringing an understanding? Or, that, or doing it brings uh, feeling it or being more committed?
0: What's the it? pasuk? It's not a pasuk, it's a principle in the Talmud Mitoshche lo lishma balishma, which means. Um, you have to do things there are positive commandments and you can do them lolishma meaning not for the sake of God doing it because I don't know, you're afraid from the punishment mm-hmm. okay, because you think you burn in hell if you don't respect your parents you think you burn in hell if you, oh, if, you if you drive on Shabbat okay, so, so you're doing it because of fear and not because of the fact that the commandment is meaningful. Okay, that's, that's, that's the and, and there is a principle in the Talmud stating that one should do the commandments even if um, because of the fear of the punishment, Because not because the fear of punishment is something worthful uh, motivating one's life or motivating one's actions because, but because of the fact that you start by doing things because, you, because of the fear and then you will end up doing it because of, of its internal meaning now, nasev nishma is something different because nasev nishma means or a precept let's, 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 let's rephrase it in a question is nasevenishma the same principle? Does it mean the same? Does it mean the same nasevenishma? Okay, so I, I use your your remark in order to to raise the question. We still don't know what it is nasevenishma. I
1: I was about through the doing comes to genuine understanding. Like through, through, the through the doing it, comes to genuine it. understanding. So, so that's how I always interpret it. Okay. So, so hold, hold your. That and the same thing. Through the doing, then we can hear. It's like first is the doing. Like our religion is not about like, oh, I'm a Jew on the inside or in my heart tons of rules and I mean from the way morning from when you wake up to when you go to bed to all these mitzvahs and halachos and so on and so forth our religion is very much about doing it's mm-hmm. not just about a, I'm you know, a good Jew in my heart that's not mm-hmm. what being, you know, being a religious Jew is it's about doing it's all about do this don't do that from when you wake up to when you go to bed it's not just about you know Yeah. so it's very much about doing this religion so but I, I want that to remember the doings, So you know, affects yes. who you are, affects your understanding, brings you to hearing what you know, what it, the meaning is. So that
0: we'll get to it. That's the Martin Buber uh, interpretation of Naseh what you are presenting now. Now Levinas wants to um, to propose a more radical. Um, explanation of Naseh and Nishma. So we'll get to it if Naseh specifically considers this option that Naseh is a kind of, I'm rephrasing it in my words, is a kind of modality of Nishma, meaning sometimes we do things and by doing it, we understand it. Okay, for instance, if you want to ride a bike, to learn to ride a bike, you should uh, study uh, physics of, the kin- of, uh, of, of, I don't know, of the, the, the kin- kinetic physics, thank you. Uh, you should just go on the bike and try to pedal, and, and then you'll you, you, you understand the bike while riding it. You won't, otherwise. Levinas wants something else. Okay, what he wants—that's what we'll have to understand. But let's let's now return to the text and unfold it little by little in order to see how this idea of trust comes into the picture. But before this, how Levinas reads the Talmud? What is um, what is occupying the, the Talmudists, and for Levinas, what is occupying them is the idea that eventually one would misunderstand the Mishma and interpret it as a kind of childlike attitude of slaves. After all, they just came out of Egypt, maybe they are just slaves and they just, they just need to be, uh, again, under the, under the rule of, uh, of a big ruler, of a big king, of, all, of a big tyrant. One accepts the Torah before one knows it, page 42. This shocks logic and can pass for blind faith or the naivety of childish trust. Yet it is what underlies any inspired act, even artistic. For the act only brings out the form in which it only now recognizes its model never glimpsed before. But we must ask ourselves whether every inspired action does not derive from the unique and original situation of the giving of the Torah. Doesn't the meaning of inspiration itself emerge from this situation? More precisely, Doesn't the reversal of the normal chronology of accepting and knowing indicate a going beyond knowledge? A going beyond the temptation of temptation, but a going beyond different from that which would consist in a return to childish naivety. I'm jumping to the last uh, line, it is a perfectly adult effort. So, here, and that, that's, that's typical of Levinas' uh, style, he's anticipating a lot of what he will show later, but he's trying, trying to suggest things. And the first suggestion, and I think it, it raised up, not last week, two weeks ago, when we spoke about art, about inspiration, about art. Levinas thinks exactly about the same thing, he speaks about inspiration. What's the difference between an inspired act and a mastered act? Between, let's say, an artistic endeavor, if um, inspiration is the, 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 the basic drive of art, and a uh, technical calculated gesture? Well. The difference is that whether calculated action proceeds under the rule of Nishma Benas, first I calculate, then I do, Inspiration, inspiration is a doing which gives itself completely without knowing where it goes. There is no inspiration where there is calculation. So, actually, again, we are, we have here two, two models, the inspired human being and the technical human being. The inspired human being is the one who is capable of saying, Naseh Venishma. And the Naseh says, well, maybe the Torah gives us the first model of inspiration here.
1: The Matan Torah, Torah. yes,
0: Matan The situation of right. Matan Torah, maybe in order to accept the Torah, we have to be, indeed, we have to be artists. Jews are, Edmond Sinai, are artists. Their disposition, their disposition is an artistic disposition. Now, in, you know, we say that inspiration, or at least uh, the term uh, suggests that we are always inspired by something different than us. Inspiration means the Greeks spoke of the, the the muses. You say it like the muses, yeah. the muses. In all the cultures, inspiration is always comes always from from the outside, from from transcendence, from something which is not in me. I am inspired. There is a moment of inspiration. Well, here at Mount Sinai, we are in a situation where the humans are in a relation with transcendence. Transcendence meaning something other, something different, something which is not part of my my life, which is not part of, my, of what is mine. Naseven Ishma is could be, and here Levinas, as you see, speaks with a lot of question marks. Naseven Ishma could be the sign, the characteristic sign of an inspired act, and the receiving of the Torah is done, is possible only, only under those artistic conditions artistic conditions. But let's, that's the impressionistic um, part of the, of the commentary, let's, let's see how Levinas reads the, the text, because now comes this weird story about the crowns. About the crowns. Rav Sima has taught, when the Israelites committed themselves to doing before hearing, 600,000 angels came down and attached two crowns to each Israelite. One for the doing, the other for the hearing. We will do and we will hear. Rafsima emphasizes the extraordinary nature of this biblical statement. 600,000 angels came down, the number is not random. you know, there are 600,000 Israelites under the mountain. Shishim ribo says the says the says the verse, six hundred thousand men, not counting women and children, six hundred thousand men. That's the, the number which characterizes the entirety of the Israelite people, community. Each Israelite had his angel. The gift of the angel will remain of a personal nature, and the angels attach two crowns to each Israelite, one for the doing, and the other for the hearing. What is a crown? Do you have crowns? No. What's a crown? what, What does it symbolize a crown? Royalty. royalty. What's and what's royalty? Royalty is the ultimate expression of sovereignty. There is no better way to express the perfect adulthood of the Israelites, but to speak of crowns, they were crowned, meaning they did an act of absolute sovereignty. Two crowns, one for the naseh, the other for the nishma. And Yevnas touches here upon something else, and he speaks about the fact that six hundred thousand angels came down, meaning that each Israelite had his angel. I love this passage. So it's very, it's very lyrical. You can see the angels that come <laughs> <went> down, <laughs> putting crowns, like with two crowns, like everybody has his angel. Again, that's an act of sovereignty. That's an act of independence, in the sense that it's not that they... Well, they said together and V'nishma, but and was said also by each and every one of them individually. It was an, a singular statement stated by 600,000. And again, against the idea that there is here... That's there is here a kind of, of, of totalitarian regime, of kind of, uh, of, of fear that, 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 that makes people say, well, we'll do, we'll do, we'll, ju- we'll do, and then we'll hear. Here, the, 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 the Gemara, the Talmud, uh, in a very lyrical way, again, with very strong uh, images, suggests the perfectly sovereign uh, character of the Nasdaq and Ishmael. It provoked a descent of 600,000 angels who crowned each and every one of the Israelites. What is Naserv Nishma? What is Naserv Nishma? What is the sovereign Naserv Nishma? And here we come to the ah, first. I promised you. I promised you the Buber, the Buber passage. I'll, let's let's do a little uh, uh, detour. Um, no, it's not a detour. It's actually the it's after the trust passage. let let's continue on the next paragraph. It is certain though. Is it certain, though, that the Israelites spoke against all logic and against all reasonable reason? Maybe they expressed their trust. That's your uh, remark. True trust in him who speaks. We promise to obey, and now we will listen to what he tells us. Nothing is less paradoxical. Accept the very origin of trust prior to all examination. Trust, adult trust, is Nasevenishma. Trust me. When somebody tells us trust me, and we say yes, we do it, we can it can be a very childish move. It can be a very childish reaction. But we all know that, again, the phenomenon of trust, the phenomenon of trust is a very singular phenomenon, is a very, uh, very strong um, experience of being led by somebody else, but without myself, ab- abandoning myself completely to him. Distrust is full with meaning. Trust is a meaningful act. Trust is not just an abandoning of myself. Trust is not just a kind of irresponsible move. I don't want to make decisions of my own, so I just trust somebody else. Trust, adult trust, is possible. It is, again, a disposition, a meaningful disposition of the subject, which is both paradoxical if, if we always, cal- if, if, there is, if we are, for, 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 for us who are um, always calculating, who are uh, uh, not engaging before um, looking at things from our point of view, trust is an extraordinary phenomenon, and still it's very ordinary. So, the Nasev again, could signify, could mean this adult, the adult's trust. And now we come to the Buber passage, because if we hear trust in this sense, then we understand that Nasev we shall hear, we shall do, and then we shall hear, is not, we shall do in order to hear. We shall do in order, which is what you suggested, and which is what Martin Buber in his translation of the Bible suggests. Let's read the, last, uh, last, the two last uh, lines of this paragraph. Martin Buber, in his translation of the Bibles, finds an ingenious interpretation. He takes the letter verb of the text as a subordinate conjunction, which is a perfectly legitimate usage. We will do and we will understand becomes we will do in order to understand. What is, I'll ask you the question, what is uh, problematic? From Levinas' point of view, in Buber's interpretation, what is? So I ask you, what is? For in Levinas' logic, and we are already beginning Levinasians <laughs> after five uh, sessions. For you, Levinasians, what is? What is? Um, problematic in the Bulgarian answer. Don't read further, just read, yeah.
1: You're already calculating, right? You're, you're saying, I'm gonna do this- In order in, to. In order to, as soon as you say that, it's different than what Levinas is talking about. Then it's more in the thing of knowledge, right? I'm, I'm gonna do it so I can know.
0: So you say it's oriented towards- A goal,
1: toward, It's a not approach.
0: completely- um, generous it's not a generous act it's not a it's not
1: what what you were saying about um, adult it's not the adult trust that's full of meaning it's related to it it fe- could feel like it but it's I see why you're saying this is more radical okay. interpretation good that trust is is not contingent upon upon,
0: an, a, upon yeah. an accomplishment, a goal. Yeah. Okay. I say it in my words, but what you, yeah, what you explained yeah. was, uh, was completely uh, correct. It's very simple. Saying this, nasevin Shma means we shall do in order for us to hear, in order for us to understand, means that at the end, the most important thing is yeah. to understand. Right. It still maintains the priority of knowledge. It still maintains the relation of knowledge as the first relation, the most important relation. This, which is the goal of our doing and for Levinas, Levinas, which means something completely different. Oh. So, Levinas, once in this adult, meaningful adult trust. It's not about knowledge. I say, when, when, when you say yes to someone who says, trust me, you don't say yes because you hope to understand later what you are doing now. Maybe you'll understand later, maybe you'll understand later, but the trust is meaningful even if you won't understand it. And this is very important. In the in in, in the lecture, he he he, uh, he mentions his, it uh, a few times in, in the in the Talmudic lectures. Naseh Nishma not does not mean na, naseh. Uh, we shall do without caring about the nishma. It's neither the priority of knowledge, nor the discarding of knowledge. Levinas is not saying that the Israelites did not care about knowledge, did not care about hearing. After all, it's written Naseh Nishma. There is a place for the nishma, but it's not we shall do in order to understand. There is a place for the nishma, and we will have to explain what's the place of the nishma, but it's not that the naseh is subordinated to the nishma. Is it? Is it satis- Does this satisfy you? Uh, I mean, not satisfy you, but do you understand why the does not take the the naseh um, in order of nishma as as a good reading of this verse? As, as it's not a question of good reading, as a enough radical reading of the of the naseh nishma inversion. The naseh nishma inversion should be something which is dealing with the basic principles of our relation to the world. If we maintain the Buber translation um, understanding, then we are still in this firm ground in which, which we know all too well as Westerners, which is, well, at the end it's about knowledge. It's just, now I will take, I I use the, the term I used before, it's just another modality of knowledge. Doing is just another way of knowing. It's just another modality of knowing. It's not something completely different. Well, Levinas wants something different. Trust, phenomenon of trust, can bring us closer to what Levinas looks for in the Nasevenish Matrope. Meaningful adult but still, he will have to say something more. And now we come to the, for us, for our reading, the most important passage in the Talmudic reading, which has to do with the sin and what happens after the sin. So let's let's read the um, the next Talmudic passage, and then. Um, the, the key, the key um, paragraph for our uh, reading of The Temptation of Temptation, which comes immediately afterwards. As soon as Israel sent, 1,200,000 destroying angels, Malachi Hamalah, came down and took away the crowns. For it is said, the children of Israel gave up their ornament from the time of Mount Horeb. Avraham Bar Khanina said, "At Chorev they adorned themselves," as what just said, as was just said, stated, and at Chorev they gave them up. According to our verse, they renounced from the time of of Mount Chorev. Mount Chorev. I'm reading the. Levinas' commentary. Mount Chorev at times indicates the time and place of renouncing, and at other times that of the ornaments. But the Talmudist reading consists above all in connecting the exaltation of Sinai, Chorev, to the fall. They are nearly simultaneous. The Jew is at Chorev to be adorned and already he is stripped. We are simultaneously armed against all accommodation with the situation of someone who is tempted by evil and already falling. The excellent choice that makes doing go before hearing does not prevent a fall. It arms not against temptation, but against the temptation of temptation. Now be very attentive because here comes the Chidush of Levinas. Sin in itself does not destroy Tmimut, integrity. The integrity which expresses itself in the we will do preceding the we will hear. The sin here responds to temptation, but is not tempted by temptation. It does not question the certainty of good and evil. It remains an unadorned sin, ignorant of the triumph attained by faults, liberated from scruples and remorse. Thus, a pass back is available to the sinner. The adherence to the good of those who said we will do and we will hear is not the result of a choice between good and evil. It comes before it. Evil can undermine this unconditional adherence to the good without destroying it. This adherence is incompatible with any position beyond or above the good. whether it be the immoralism of estates no or politicians or the supramoralism of the religious, all that moral extraterritoriality opened up by the temptation of temptation. This undoubtedly indicates that the doing which is at stake here is not simply practice as opposed to theory, but a way of actualizing without beginning with the possible, of knowing without examining, of placing oneself beyond violence without this being the privilege of a free choice. A pact with good would exist preceding the alternative of good and evil. Now it's your turn. <laughs> yeah? it's, com- it's Chinese, completely Chinese, it's a little bit uh, American, it's not Chinese so.
1: With a few, with a few, few glimpses, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. But still, I want to hear you first and then we'll try to. Because here you understand that's the key for the understanding of all the Talmudic lectures. Because here explains us the difference between temptation and temptation of temptation. He says, well, of course, the Israelites are tempted by evil. And they succumb to this temptation. They fail. They praise the golden calf. They sin. And still, and still do this sin... Is an, how we call it, an unadorned sin. It's a sad sin. It's a sin without crowns. It's a heavy sin. All the difference would be between an adorned sin and an An unadorned sin, a heavy sin and a light sin. Temptation of temptation maintains sin in its lightness. Light, like like co- Coke light co- co- cola light, or you say, everything is light, everything is light, nothing is imposing, nothing is really heavy, nothing is really meaningful, the heaviness of those crowns, because why do we need thousand two hundred a million two hundred thousand angels, obviously because the crowns were heavier than those. Well, it were the same crowns, but in a way, after Israel sent, they became heavier. Sin is heavy. Nasev Nishma, we said, is inspired. Sin is heavy. What should they be in order for sin to be heavy and Nasev Nishma to be inspired? What's... What's the difference between the temptation and temptation of temptation? Why? What's the difference between the Israelites sinning and being tempted by, te- by, the, by evil, but not tempted by temptation? temptation of temptation and that's what we learn from this passage questions the certainty of good and evil the difference between temptation and temptation of temptation is that temptation occurs in a world which does not doubt Of the place of good and evil. Temptation of temptation is about questioning the certainty of good and evil. The adherence to the good, says Levinas, of those who said we will do and we will hear, is not the result of a choice between good and evil. It comes before. Evil can undermine this condition, this unconditional adherence to the good, without destroying it. This adherence is incompatible with any position beyond or above the good. I'll try to sketch it out a little bit for you. First of all, we see that man speaks here about the goods. And all the, que- the, the whole question here is, where is the good situated? Where is the good situated? Temptation... a situation in which I do not doubt the certainty of the goods. I do not doubt the fact that the good, let's say, is higher than me, that I am obliged towards the good. Naseved that's the first acceptance of the fact that there is good and there is bad well, And there is evil. And good is, again, higher than myself. This topology, this kind of uh, geographic geography of the good will become meaningful when we sketch the temptation of temptation structure. Temptation of temptation means that I am am higher than good and evil. Mm. When I choose between good and evil, I put myself outside of the sphere of good and evil, of the moral sphere, and I judge not whether this is good or this is bad, but whether good and evil have a place. That's what Lignas calls the extraterritorial, the moral extraterritoriality. You see this? This adherence is incompatible with any position beyond or above the good. This means putting into question the primordiality of good. If you want to make it very simple, because at the end it's very simple, we know it all too well. relativistic moral says well who says who said that the good is good who says that what's good for me is good is the good maybe in certain cultures what's good for me is, is bad is evil etc etc for living there is not there is not such a thing the good the good is higher than me I'm not questioning the good. The good, if at all, is questioning myself. I'm questioned by the good. So I can, of course, answer to this call and be be good. I can also sin. But sin will always be inferior to the good. Sin sin will always feel heavy when the good is higher than myself. Because this is unquestioned. The Israelites can sin, Lemina says. Of course they can sin. But their sin Does not put into question the good. That's temptation. Temptation of temptation is a situation where I can sin or I can do the good and it will not really matter because I'm skeptical and cynical about the very idea that there is good and there is evil. What Ignati is opposing here is actually the absolutity of. The moral sphere, to a kind of relativistic approach to morals to everything, and you can see that it's very interesting how the, the three figures he points out here: the immoralism, that's immoralism, beyond good and evil, he speaks of, painting to Nietzsche, beyond good and evil, the I is beyond good and evil. It's not subject to the good. And he says, well, the immoralism of esth- esthites, politicians, or the supramoralism of the religious. So it's very interesting. Because Lévinas is not a rabbi. <laughs> He's not preaching. He understands very good that this, this difference is a difference that matters not only for... Made, which, does, which does not separate religion from the aesthetic way of living in the world, or the polit- uh, political way of living in the world. Of course, a, pol- a true politician can only be in this immoralist sphere. The logic of power, anyone who has seen the House of Cards, you see this? Yeah. Okay. Knows <laughs> so that that what describes. Uh, the way politicians, well, even though it I uh, a little bit exaggerated this uh, this series, but uh, it's a caricature, but
1: it says something. Yes, you don't have to. I you think, right. Have the cards is more fun.
0: Yeah, than <laughs> <laughs> the newspapers. You just have to open the newspapers The
1: aesthetics,
0: At least they don't have a pretension to do good things. Immorality of the esthetics and also. Sometimes, the religious. Why the religious? Well, because there is a religious discourse who pretends not to be subject to the good. There is a relig- could be a religious discourse, who pretends to be higher than the good.
1: How would that go?
0: How would that go? Yeah. Open the newspapers, <laughs> Israeli <really> newspapers. <laughs> to be a religion who is not oriented towards the good. Who, who places the good and evil, places good and evil, subordinate good and evil to a kind of meta- uh, ethical um, considerations. He says, the well, how does it, supramoralism of the religious. All all those are characterized by moral extraterritoriality, meaning that they are not oriented by the good. Where are you?
1: Huh? Where are you reading?
0: Huh? I'm reading from t- uh, 43, the, I'm still in this paragraph, and didn't okay. uh, move from this paragraph. So can I ask a
1: question?
0: You wa- yes. I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the, the, mo- the, be- the best example is one that we have encountered Two weeks ago, in the Parashat Shavuah, in the section of the week, the famous Abraham-God debate about Sodom and Amorah. Okay? God says, well, I will, I will destroy Sodom and Amorah. And Abraham tells him "But maybe there are five, uh, 50 righteous there. So, so, he actually opposes, of course, not this model to this model, but, this, but Abraham has a claim because even God has to give an account to the good. Even God has to be... I would say... Uh, uh, what's the um, verse there? Um, or something like this. The one who is doing justice will not be just. Okay, that, that's the claim of Abraham towards God. So, to uh, to turn over Sdomba Mora would be a kind of extra-moralist action. And Abraham said, "No, you you two are subjected to the good. Okay, and any and any uh, religious um, claim to extra morality, to moral extraterritoriality, for the would be uh, treason vis-à-vis the fundamental." trust in the good that the Israelites expressed in Mount Sinai okay adult meaningful trust in the good now we are not speaking about trusting somebody we are, meaning, we are, we are speaking about trusting the very fact that the good is good that they read something as the good this is not something which can be debated. This is not something which can be put on the table and just be... Because once you put it on the table, you're already positioning yourself on this side of the board. It's neither dogmatic nor childish. It's a kind of fundamental trust in the primordiality of the good, in the
1: height
0: of the good, Livina said.
1: That you have on the board, good underneath eye.
0: Sorry, yeah, no, that's that's, that's, the, that's the bad guy. That's the good guy. Okay. That's that's Western man, us, and that's the Sinai. Not temptation, but not For the Sinai is this primordial sphere in which the ethical is put in a place where it is not subject to debate. We are adhering to the God before even questioning. Uh, with a be- before questioning. The adherence to the good of those who said we will do and we will hear is not the result of a choice between good and evil. It comes before it. Again, the adherence to the good is not the result of a choice between good and evil. Not because if we had to choose between good and evil, we would not choose the good. But even if we had to choose between the good and evil and we have we would have chosen the good, still we would be in a position where the good is not higher than us. We would still be in a position where everything is still possible. But here, everything is not possible. Everything is not possible. Here, everything is possible. Because the I... Is a little god. Here, the I behaves as if he is a little god, as if there is nothing higher than himself. The adheres to the to the good, the good is has a meaning. Let's take this little, even one step further. The good has a meaning only if it is higher than I. <laughs> the good is. A true meaning only if it's not the result of a choice. Again, it doesn't mean I can't sin. Don't um, don't mix the, the things. It doesn't mean that I am determined to do the good. But the good is never questioned. That's why sin is heavy. One million two hundred thousand interest. Yes.
2: Um, can, you, can you try to talk about Master uh, Yachty and uh, this story, I mean, to put it back in, because that's another story of temptation and uh, oh, the good and evil, and then it comes back to the text because... Yeah, uh, it's
0: you, you, you see that the text is not going this way, uh, the Talmudic text is not going to Adam uh, Going back to the scene of Adam and there are a lot of Midrashim speaking about Chet Adam who was actually um, uh, atoned for in Mamadar uh, Sinai. Um, or uh, but those are other texts which, like, in, to, to talk about it in from from inside we should open the midrashim about the Asnaya and the sin of the first Adam. Uh, this text doesn't do it. So, but, it's, but, but we could add those texts and you know, expand the the commentary because because they, they are put in, into relation not the Yomashishi thing but the fact that Naseh uh, v'Nishma is is a kind of um, healing. Or kind of uh, what do you call it? Uh, reparation of the sin of the first Adam. The, 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 the Midrash says that the venom of the of the snake was taken out of Israel when they said Naseh mm-hmm. So, so there is a clear. Uh, relation between this sin and this uh, the the sin not the sin of uh, the golden calf but the seven Shema and the sin of the first but again this should be studied uh, separately just in order to because the text is so critical I I want to to read now a second time this text and uh, without commenting it and tell me if if the text is clear because it's also uh, you know what we are doing together is also an exercise of reading the text so if the first reading was uh, Chinese after a little bit uh, the little, this little Croati let's re it and if there are places where you feel that it's still critical I want to uh, I-, I will add the comment. so Mount Chorev at times indicates the time and place of renouncing and at other times that of the ornaments. But the Talmudist's reading consists above all in connecting the exaltation of Sinai to the fall. They are nearly simultaneous. The Jew is at Chorev to be adorned and already he is stripped. We are simultaneously armed against all accommodation with the situation, of someone who is tempted by evil and already falling. The excellent choice that makes doing go before hearing does not prevent a fall. It arms not against temptation but against the temptation of temptation. Sin in itself does not destroy tmimut, the integrity which expresses itself in the we will do preceding the we will hear. The sin here responds to temptation but is not tempted by temptation it does not question the certainty of good and evil it remains an unadorned sin ignorant of the triumph attained by faults liberated from scruples and remorse
1: Can I stop you there? Yes, of Does course. that mean, um, does that mean uh, rationalization about
0: Maybe. You can read it this way. Those who are...
1: How else could you read it? Huh? How else could you read it? In a
0: less intellectualist way. Uh, Meaning, well, you can just be skeptical about good and evil. Not rational... Okay, I did something evil. Now I'm rationalizing Mm -hmm. it. That's what you are saying. No, that's what you are proposing. So I'm kind of... uh, But here... It's false liberated from scruples and remorse. Right. As if, that's the that's cynical true. attitude. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Actually, uh, we all know that good and evil are relative concepts. We, are, we all know that good and evil are so... You know, that, but it's not, we are not really obliged. We are not really... There's not really a uh, real ethical order in the world. So, so you can read it also in the less intellectualist uh, well, it was yeah.
1: also more macro the way you said it yeah
0: Right. Yeah. Right. general attitude right. like, I'm not concerned by good and evil thus a path a path back is available to the sinner the adherence to the good of those who said we will do and we will hear is not the result of a choice between good and evil it comes before it Evil can undermine this condi- unconditional adherence to the good without destroying it. Here, sinning mean doesn't mean destroying the good. The sin of the golden calf does not undermine the primordiality of the good, does not undermine the, the height of the good. This adherence is incompatible with any position beyond or above the good. Okay, and here is confronting the two positions. Whether it be the immoralism of esthetes or politicians or the supramoralism of the religious, all that moral extraterritoriality opened up by the temptation of temptation. This undoubtedly indicates that the doing which is at stake here is not simply praxis as opposed to theory, but a way of actualizing without beginning with the possible. I'll, I'll, I'll try to explain this, this, uh, this phrase a moment. Of knowing without examining, of placing oneself beyond violence without this being the privilege of a free choice. A pact with the good would exist preceding the alternative of good and evil. And the the last line is really a good synthesis of all this idea. Okay, this is actualizing without, beginning with the possible means here the I is facing possibilities. I can choose the good, I can choose the evil, even our possibilities. Here the good is not a possibility. I can actualize the good, but that does not mean I'm choosing the good. If at all, the good chooses me, I'm chosen by the good, rather than I am choosing the good. I lost you.
1: you right. <laughs> You know when you were, it was a few weeks ago, when yeah. you said the thing about meeting a, a, a beggar on the street. Yeah. And, is, and you raised the question, isn't there something which... Calls us yeah. to do something about that, mm-hmm. right? Is that what you were pointing to? This sort yeah. of
0: be you know we are going we are going in circles. We, we are not going in a right. Uh, I'm I'm saying that what we yes the answer is one could uh, uh, bring up this situation in order to illustrate this uh, uh, this alternative this model and we read the two. Because we raise the, 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 the option that maybe it's a, it's a cultural, uh, condi- we are conditioned culturally, that's why we are giving money to the poor. Okay, this would be the temptation of temptation option. There's no, no real core, I'm just conditioned by culture, and that's why, that's why I'm actually giving the money to the poor. The Sinaic model, the temptation model, not temptation of temptation model, would say, no, there is an obligation towards the good which precedes my choice. And, concretely speaking, the beggar in the street actually calls. There is a calling of the good which precedes my choice. I can, I, I can uh, refuse to give him the money. Let's say, I can, again, choose evil here. But it does not undermine the fact that there was a call. There was a moment where I felt that it was not a matter of a choice. The cynical attitude would say, well, yeah, maybe there is no such a thing as a call of the good. and I'm, I'm not sure if it's possible to, be, to, to give a serious phenomenology of the beggar in this it, uh, according to this model that was the strength of this model because it's, we can feel it, the beggar is calling and we will see later on how, the, how Levinas does this But so indeed, you can, you can return to this yes, please
1: What you think sounds to me as something I identify um, to be a inherent quality that cannot be learned, well, I'm not sure it can be learned, I just, it's, it's naturally felt and there's often people who try to mimic the behavior but it's not in them. So I guess I'm asking you, are you suggesting that this can be learned? Because in my experience, what, I, don't, I what don't feel that way.
0: <laughs> that is what can be learned.
1: The inherent adult trust ah. to be chosen by the good. Mm-hmm.
0: So, so. Sometimes he must ask himself this question. Suddenly, not very often. But here, rather than to ask the question of whether this can this is this can be learned, Levinas claims that well, let's let's not jump too 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 uh, too far. It's in this context, he says that the Israelites at Mount Sinai discovered in themselves this. Uh, Attitude to 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 be in the attitude to be able to be in the attitude of recognizing the height of the good. Okay, so so that's that's what the text is trying to convey to the us. The okay, now now as as the let's let's say the, 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 the literalist uh, uh, aspect of the of the text, but the Talmud here tries to again through Levinas commentary through Count Levina's reading, try to, to teach a lesson. And so, if you want, the lesson that is taught here is that maybe th- there is something other in the human than temptation of temptation. Maybe the world is not only about power. Maybe it's not only about Khashverosh, Haman, all those figures uh, being as violence, etc. Maybe there is another possibility of being in the world. I'm using I'm using a vocabulary which is more uh, close to living in us, rather to use the in okay. Maybe there is another way of living in the world, and those texts maybe they try to unveil those other possibilities. We as human beings we can we can be exposed to those texts and 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 even and eventually discover in ourselves in ourselves the truth of this of this model can it be when well, we are learning it so the question of if it, if it can be learned we are studying it and now we have to try to find out you know, for ourselves if, if, if it's convincing if something rings a bell if, if it's something that, uh, that is meaningful for us etc etc but that's when you ask whether this can be taught we are learning it now
1: I I know, and so much is being taught, but making it inherently kind of works.
0: That's uh, nobody can tell. <laughs> you know, who can tell when a lesson is uh, is heard and apl- applied correctly? That's that. You know, that's, that's true for everything. When when we learn a lesson uh, which has ethical implications, uh, it's not so.
2: Being, uh, huh? it's being reminded right? it's going back to the original state of being or
0: something like uh. yes, so that yes, I didn't want to jump too much ahead but for Levinas uh, we'll next week we'll, ta- we'll, fi- we'll finish our reading of the text and we'll see how Levinas speaks le- just to give you a hint, he speaks about the secret of subjectivity the ultimate, ple- uh, open on page 46 um, the second paragraph the last uh, uh, line of the second paragraph he speaks i'm just i'm just uh, just want to highlight one uh, formula it speaks about the ultimate secret of subjectivity ultimate secret of subjectivity meaning don't uh, uh, Subjectivity here just means human existence, okay? Not subjective and objective. It's not about subjectivity. It's the so Levinas wants to speak here about the ultimate secret of the human existence. I'm just continuing your um, and uh, and sometimes you know we the secret of our existence is hidden. So 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 is trying here to unveil. with the, the Talmudic text, a kind of deep layer of the subject, a deep layer of our relation to the world, which sometimes is, um, is uh, not seen, which sometimes is uh, covered up. Yeah. I want, we have two minutes left, so I just want to see, to to read with you the Levinas uh, uh, commentary on the the 1,200,000 angels, it's on page 44. And this would just be a mean of, uh, by means of uh, concluding our session of today. Uh, so, page 44, the second paragraph. Why 600,000 angels. Are you with me? Did you find it? Okay. Why 600,000 angels to bring the crumbs and double that number to take them away? We have already suggested the answer, but let's see how Levinas himself answered it. These crumbs were beautiful and heavy each requiring the efforts of an angel. But the generous act of human rising goes halfway to meet the glory which crowns it. Which crowns it? That's the first interpretation. It could also be, however, that the fall of living men, no longer equal to the culture they bear, immediately bequeaths. How do you read it? Bequeaths. Bequeath. Sorry, this culture. Become dead weight to the philologists who, with difficulty, raise it to the level of their theories. There, okay, there you have Judaism without Jews handed over to the historians. There's a lot of uh, like If <laughs> Sarcasm. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of sarcasm. There's a lot of like uh, people in, in in the audience which is dialoguing. So let, let's let's skip the last phrase, but two, two interpretations. Divinash says, and the first interpretations will re- interpretation will remind us of the idea of inspiration. Divinash says, well, the Na'asev and Ishmaq needed only 600,000 angels because, well, the Israelites did the half of the way Because Naseh Mishma is a way of saying it's, it's an inspired act, and therefore they, they waved themselves half of the way, and therefore they needed only 600,000 angels... Yes, that's an angel. <laughs> <laughs> they had a lot of... steps. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's why they needed 600. When they sinned, they were... They, they return to, to the, like to sin here is not is not very inspiring. In this situation, the sin is heavy, and it me down. it weighs me down mm. towards again. And mm. therefore, they needed to do the the four angels. They needed to do like twice the distance, so they needed twice the number of angels. It's I talked. About, it's very it's a, it's a great text because it's obvious that the, that the rabbis. Had something in their minds. They are not naive people. They didn't. They are not just telling fairy tales about six hundred thousand angels, one million two hundred thousand angels. So that's a great stage because it really calls upon interpretation. So that's the first interpretation. The second interpretation says the is that the crowns after the sin became heavy. You remember this Midrash saying that Moses never really when you see the Ten Commandments movie, you see, uh, what's the name of the actor? Charlton uh, Charles, Charles Heston, taking the tables of the law and just smashing them on the, yeah, on the ground. Well, the Midnight is a little bit more subtle, and he says, well, the, the, uh, Moses never smashed the tables of the law on the ground. It's just that, before the sin, they were, they were very heavy, those tables, that before the sin, they were uh, lifted up by themselves, uh, by Godly inspiration, God makes those tables um, uh, f- uh, feel not heavy,
1: lighter. Huh? lighter.
0: Lighter, thank you. And after uh, the Israelites sent the spirit, uh, spirit of God, Ruach Ruach Kodesh, uh, evacuated from the tables, and and, mm-hmm. and and therefore was couldn't bear the tables, and and it. And actually, they fell. They fell down, which is a far nicer, not nicer, but more subtle to, to see Moses just not being able to carry the the tables of the law. So maybe it's the same thing here: the, the, those crumbs before the before the, the sin are light crumbs, so we need only six hundred thousand. Interest in After the same, they are very heavy, therefore you need twice the number. Next week we'll definitely end our uh, Talmudic uh, reading, and if time will be left, we'll jump to uh, the second Talmudic lecture we'll study together uh, this um, semester. Uh, I didn't... Um, decide yet exactly which texts we will study together, because I thought we will study three texts, but that will be the surprise for next week, and uh, uh, I hope it will be to convenience. So, have a good week, and see you next week.
1: Oh, no. If you if you email me, I'll bring you in. So paper. Oh, okay. this is really wonderful. Okay, yeah. Okay. 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 I just cannot find the spelling for, for me. Okay. Okay. This is really beautiful. The little pieces that that I understand. And ever since you raised the webinar question about. Um, what is the way, what is the frame of being to receive something rat- radically new? Yeah. Every day in the studio, I think so. <laughs> so, thank you. It's really it's it very it's inspiring. The, it's it's inspiring. a great text. Uh, it's a really
0: very uh, fundamental question. Uh, I'm glad you, you take it back to the studio. Maybe uh, when you finish to study, you will bring the product of your art. <laughs>
1: uh, you can <laughs> see what, what
2: this, all this.
0: Uh
1: I'm sorry?